Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Our guest today is Mr. Tony Housie in the Public Affairs Office at Camp Ripley. And Tony, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you. Well, we're always uh, e eager to hear about the training and things that are happening there. Although uh, right now, uh, let's start by talking about, uh, do I understand a change at the top? Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, you know, in the military, there's always a certain time period that you, as a commander, will own a, a unit or an organization. And uh, for uh, General Lowell Cruz, Brigadier General Lowell Cruz, he's been our senior commander for a uh, number of years, since 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is moving on. He's um, moving on with his career and relinquishing command, I guess, so to speak. Okay. And do we know who his successor is? Yes, it's, it's actually going back to uh, the more traditional role. There's always been a colonel that's been the, the uh, you know, it used to be the, called the post commander, and then it was the base commander, and now it's the garrison commander. Uh, so he's actually in charge of all the troops that run Camp Ripley. Oh. Uh, and that changed after uh, Colonel Scott St. Sauber. Uh, in 2017 because we had um, the opportunity to put a, uh, a general officer there. Okay. And, um, you know, like it was fun because we called him the warden of the north and whatnot. Everybody was very, <laughs> everybody was very excited about that kind of comparison. Uh, I love it. Um, but it was nice to have a general officer not you know, just in St. Paul. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was up here to handle a lot of things. And, and he became what, what was then called the, the senior commander. So there were still – uh, garrison commander that was in charge of the troops and then all the different directorates and whatnot. And uh, General Cruz was a supervisor over over them as well. So uh, now that he's moved on, the position has gone back to just a garrison commander. Okay. So, okay. And, uh, yeah, and, and, that's, and that's interesting in the infrastructure of the base itself as well because you have, you know, the training support unit, which consists of a number of different officers and enlisted uh, about 100 people, and they make up the meat and potatoes of the full-time staff as well. Okay. So they run everything from the administrative type stuff to the operations, mm -hmm. of course, the logistics and back and forth and things, and they handle exercises that, that come up and take place for the different units for training. They ad run the administrative part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, they also organize things like the Norwegian Exchange and the open house and things like that. Wow. Okay. And what is the name then of the new uh, and still again, garrison yeah, commander? Garrison commander, yeah. Colonel Troy Fink is going to take responsibility. Okay. Uh, and he is the former uh, facilities management officer. So he ran the, um, the infrastructure part of the Minnesota National Guard. So all the arch architectural and um, uh, basic design information stuff for the Minnesota National Guard, our armories. Um, all of our environmental compliances and things like that, he was responsible wow. for that as well. So that's a good uh, stepping stone to go from that and then on to Camp Ripley where a mm -hmm. lot of those things apply. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when does he take over then? Uh, technically, he's in the position now. Now, yeah. okay. Of course, you know, different pieces of paper say a couple yeah. of different dates. <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay. Well, good to hear. So a uh, new uh, garrison commander there. And in the meantime, uh, the training continues. Absolutely. Yeah, the training is, you know, still going as as much as it has. And we've taken a little bit of a break over kind of the holiday week or whatnot. And we're getting back into the swing of things. 
Um, we have a lot of folks coming from out of state still. There's a tank battalion that's coming from Ohio. They're bringing their equipment in via rail, and then they mm-hmm. will be um, doing their gunnery and qualifications and things as well. So they'll be they'll be making some noise throughout the nights and everything, uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it should be it should be pretty passive as it has in the past. Okay, so when uh, a tank crew comes in, I mean, or a tank battalion, mm-hmm. how many tanks are coming? Do you know? Uh, so this is a traditional battalion, so they have three companies of fourteen tanks each. So they kind of. So we're saying a lot Just of tanks are coming. A lot of tanks are coming. Yeah, we're moving some metal. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there's there's always going to be a few down for maintenance or whatever, but they're going to move. They're going to be doing more maneuver than they are actual gunnery in this case. Okay. Uh, oh. Getting ready for a bigger exercise. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. Have you ever driven a tank, Tony? Oh, I have. Yep. What's it like? I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. are they easy to drive? Let's start with that. The uh, so <clears throat> our suspension um, allows the <laughs> it, it floats basically. Really? So, yeah. So it's seventy tons, um, and to get seventy tons going thirty miles an hour is quite a bit of inertia, right? But it's yes. got this suspension system that allows the the seven different road wheels down each side, the sets of road wheels, to operate independently and basically float. So once you get going, you you really feel like you're a, a boat on the water. Mm-hmm. And you'll hit uh, ruts or rocks or, you know, different things and things like that, kind of get in, in, in the path of your driving, and you'll feel that. But for the most part, it's in kind of an unstoppable force. Jeez. Wow. And yeah. seeing out of them, I mean, you know. Well, well yeah, that's absolutely the tricky part. D- yeah. Because uh, the driver in, in our tanks now is reclined back. Uh, is like laying back and reclined. And, oh, my gosh. And, and you actually kind of, uh, you have a headrest that, that puts your head forward. Mm-hmm. And you look out these periscopes, and the yeah. periscopes are about 172 degrees. And there's, th- there's three of them to <sighs> make up that, that radius. And then you kind of got to just gauge where you're at based on that that's got to mess with your head a little bit wow. <laughs> You'd be, oh wow yeah so i can see where uh, practice is very important very important mm-hmm. yeah and it, and you take commands from the tank commander who typically is outside the the turret you know, mm-hmm. st- you know standing up uh, has about half of a quarter of his body outside the turret so he can see everything mm-hmm. the majority of things and then there's the loader who's in the other hatch who can also see things so it helps to hear them talk and be able to okay. get yeah. direction from them, but and still. And how big is uh, in an individual tank? What's the typical crew? Uh, there's, there's four people. So four people. Yeah, the three that I've talked about, and then there's a gunner who's down inside. Okay, <laughs> sounds fascinating. It it is. It's it's exciting being. Um, you know, my favorite parts of being the tank commander have been. To, be, to issue out all three directions at the same time, you know, to tell the driver to go right and tell the gunner to scan to the left and the loader to load this and prepare for that. And, yeah. You know, it, it, uh, it it's intimidating, but after a while, you know, like like these um, these ship captains and whatnot that we see in the movies, you know, it's just you're able to issue these commands with, with confidence and freedom. Second nature. And yeah, yeah. It, feels, yeah, it feels second nature. And then you're, you know, you're there to verify everything and make sure everything works right. Uh, it's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. How long will this uh, group from Ohio be there practicing in their tanks? They'll be there for two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
Is the tank louder than the uh, guns that usually fire? No, there are, it'll be a little bit quieter. Uh, they're more of a direct fire weapon, so uh, they won't be launching into the air. And then they're you know a few calibers smaller. But yeah, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about any other uh, special tr- uh, groups or out-of-state friends coming? Uh, you know, we've got helicopter units that are coming for aerial gunnery. Um, we have a few other artillery units. They're going to swing by. Um, Swing by. Swing by. You know. <laughs> Pie and ice cream in there. <laughs> yeah. right. We're just here. We're going to make some noise. And we're gonna leave. <laughs> okay. So when you say the helicopters, uh, how, uh, what's a typical unit that's coming into practice? Uh, you know, we, we get the helicopter, um, uh, the helicopter squadron out of Minot, North Dakota. They're the ones that guard the, the missile farms and things like sure. that, right? Yeah. So they'll come and they'll do their different qualifications in their aerial gunneries. And the unique thing about them is that they're using um, old-style UH-1 Hueys, so that whoop, 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 whoop. You know, oh, like, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, is kind of unique to hear, uh, yeah, different than our. So in other words, they're not with the new Blackhawks or any of those. These are no. the old Hueys. And they're the old Hueys, and they're upgraded. The Air Force has upgraded them considerably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's still interesting to hear that, mm-hmm. um, like that noise and everything. And um, so they come and they do their aerial gunnery twice a year, and this is their their turn to do it. So that's cool. And when you say aerial gunnery, is this um, uh, like rocket fire? What's what are they firing? No, they're they're firing um, uh, small arms, so machine guns from from inside the doors. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just like we saw in the old Vietnam movies. Right. And so exactly. On. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It it has to be just fascinating for that uh, crew of 100 that you have there at camp to just constantly see these troops come in and do their thing. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the best part. And I think that's why so many folks really, you know, when the opportunity strikes, they try to get these positions. Um, not only are there, is there some longevity into it for their careers and whatnot, but uh, you see a variety of things, bridging units, um, you know, everything. Yeah, the Navy going under the ice and helicopters and everything else. So it's, it's a fun job. Yeah, no doubt. All right. In the meantime, uh, qualifications continue, so you'll be mm-hmm. busy throughout the summer, right? We will be. Does it slow down in the fall at all, or does the training just keep rolling until uh, the it, snow comes? It'll it'll uh, slow down right around that um, September October time frame, but that's when a lot of our civilian customers come in. Uh, the law enforcement will come in for their uh, annual services and things like that. And then we'll have folks like MDOT pushing sand around, preparing for snow and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of different stuff uh, on our track and everything else. So. And open house you have every open two house, years yeah. in September, right? That's right. Okay. September 17th will be our open house. And we're preparing a lot of different things for that. We want the, we want the folks to see and hear what we are doing and what we have coming up. And how can they follow you in general? Is you have Facebook? Is that kind of the best way? Yeah, our, our social media is pretty robust, so they can okay. find a lot of information on that. There is the Minnesota National Guard's websites, public-facing websites, so there are things on that as well. Okay. Cool. And the open house is just that. It's open to the public. We can actually come in and see the grounds for yep. those that have never been there. Absolutely. It's from 10 to 2 in the middle of the day on Sunday. 
uh, you know, come on in. There's plenty of parking, and we'll allow you to kind of uh, wander around our our containment area and see all our different things. And I was just going to say, is there uh, will there be things like tanks and other things Absolutely. on display that we can see? Yep, tanks and aircraft. We have our aircraft from the Minnesota Air National Guard. They're going to be there as well. Uh, a lot of different displays and booths and our different vendors and. Uh, you know, music and everything else. And to get onto the grounds, just bring an ID, show it at yep, the gate kind of got, thing? It's okay. a state facility still, so to yeah. get onto Camp Ripley, you need a valid driver's license, valid ID. Okay. Bring it and get on in there okay. on the 17th, 10 yeah. to 2. Yeah, mm-hmm. mark your calendar, September 17th for the open house. Absolutely. All right. Well, Tony, it's always fun to have you here talking about the training and events that take place at Camp Ripley. We appreciate you doing that. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Our guest today out of the Public Affairs Office at Camp Ripley, Tony Housie. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be found anytime. They're on our website at 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.